This month, we have shifted our focus from humble empowerment to steadfast resiliency. Resiliency is defined as the capacity to withstand or recover quickly from difficulties, or in other words, having toughness. It's the ability to cope mentally or emotionally with a crisis. Resiliency is being able to keep functioning, to keep going, both physically and mentally, when we're faced with something in life. It's about being able to breathe through the awful times, to find a way to keep going when we hit a roadblock, and being able to rise strong when life kicks us down. Now, resiliency or resilience, they're words that get thrown around a lot, and sometimes we don't really know exactly how to be resilient or if what we're doing is right or what it even is. If you Google resilience, you will find no shortage of examples of people being resilient. And you'll find lists of different skills that make for a more resilient person. Now today, we're diving deeper into the story of Moses' birth particularly the actions and the resiliency of three women in Moses' story who are not even named in this chapter. His mother, who's known as the Levite woman, his sister, and Pharaoh's daughter. Now, first of all, this story takes place many years after the story of Joseph coming to Egypt and his father and his brothers settling in the land, being fruitful and multiplying. So Egypt has a new pharaoh, and this new pharaoh has no idea who Joseph is, no idea what he did for the country, and doesn't understand why he was so revered. He only knows that the Israelites are numerous, they're a problem, and so he makes them slaves. When making them slaves did nothing to curb their population growth, then he ordered for all of the male babies, all of the male Hebrew babies, to be thrown into the Nile River after birth. Now entered Moses' mother. She gives birth to this beautiful baby boy, and she hides him for three months. Babies in their first three months are easy to hide because they've they really spend a good chunk of their time eating and sleeping and snuggling. After three months though, their personalities start to really come out. They become more active, a little more vocal, and they are less easy to hide. So at this point, Moses' mother took a basket. She coated it to make it waterproof, and she placed it in the reeds of the Nile River. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine baby, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and plastered it with pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds on the bank of the river. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her attendants walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid to bring it. When she opened it, she saw the child. He was crying and she took pity on him. This must be one of the Hebrews' children, she said. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? 
Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Yes. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse it for me, and I will give you wages. So the woman took the child and nursed it. When the child grew up, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and she took him as her son. She named him Moses because I drew him out of the water. As a mother, I can't imagine the absolute anguish of being told that my child was not worthy of living because of his gender. And living under this fear of having someone discover that I hadn't complied with the decree of just tossing my child into the Nile like garbage. Moses' mother lived in fear for these months as she was hiding her son. But there came a point when she could no longer hide him. And so she did something unexpected. She technically complied with Pharaoh's order. She put her child in the Nile River. Now, maybe when she placed the basket, she lightly tossed it to really do what Pharaoh had ordered. But regardless, she put her beloved son in the Nile. And then her daughter watched from a distance until Pharaoh's daughter found the crying baby. And then his sister was crafty. She offered her mother, this baby's own mother, as a wet nurse for him. For those who are unfamiliar with a wet nurse, it's a person who nurses a baby for one who's unable to nurse their child themselves. In those days, a wet nurse was with the child for about three years or so and was provided for with wages, with food, and with clothing. So in this way, not only did Moses' mother comply with Pharaoh's decree, but she also secured her son's future in Pharaoh's household. She was able to spend his first three years with him, and she was paid to raise her own child. When we talk about resilience, we often talk about being able to make the best out of a terrible situation. In this case, Moses' mother certainly made the best out of the situation in which she found herself. She had this beautiful baby boy that she did not want to be killed. She found a way to keep her son alive. And she complied with the orders given, but not in a way that would necessarily cause the death of her son. She gave him a chance to survive. Being resilient takes many different forms, as we're going to explore for the next three weeks leading up to Lent. Not allowing the setbacks that we face in life or in this case, not letting the inhumane decree of a pharaoh bent on destroying a people keep us down is one of the ways that we see the biblical characters being resilient. These three women who were unnamed in this story, we later learn their names. The sister's name is Miriam and the mother's name is Jochebed. They are seemingly powerless in a world where Two of them were slaves, and one was a daughter who was probably overlooked and not good for much other than to marry for connections for her father. But Pharaoh's daughter turned this into a power. She was able to adopt this Hebrew child without her father throwing a fit or probably even really noticing. And Moses' mother and his sister turned this into power as they did what they could do. They offered their services as a wet nurse and presumably a helper to the wet nurse 
to keep baby Moses alive, to keep him connected to their family. While they might not have had a whole lot of rights and power, they all used the skills that they did have to make the best out of this situation. Now, a connection with our text from last week, our text about Esther from last week, this part of Moses' story doesn't actually mention God. It doesn't mean that God was not present with Moses' mother, with his sister, and with Pharaoh's daughter. And it doesn't mean that God was not working through all of them. I mean, look at Pharaoh's daughter. She was almost certainly a worshiper of the Egyptian gods and goddesses. But yet, God worked through her. I think this story shows that God works through all people in all circumstances and walks of life, despite the barriers that are put up, the evil or ungodly intentions of others, like the intentions of Pharaoh, and the beliefs that we hold. While God may not have been mentioned, Moses' mother trusted, trusted in God in some way that her child might be spared. Now, there is a chance that she didn't actually have hope that he would be saved, that she walked away because she didn't want to see her beloved child swallowed up by this river, and so she sent her daughter to bear witness to his survival or his demise instead. You know, maybe that's the case. Maybe she had no idea what would happen, or maybe she assumed that the worst would. Maybe she thought it was a happy coincidence that Pharaoh's daughter just happened to be bathing in that precise spot in the reeds. And it was just a coincidence that she happened to notice the basket and him crying in it. Maybe that's the way she thought life was going to work out. But if that's the case, if she didn't know what would happen, but was assuming that the worst was going to, she had to have prepared herself in some way. By placing the basket and her child in the river, she was ready to accept whatever came about and live with that. That in itself is an act of resilience. Accepting the, the outcomes of our choices, whether we like them or not, because those choices are made based on us doing the best we can do in the midst of the circumstances in which we find ourselves. So whatever the case, whether Moses' mother trusted that all would work out and her child would live, whether she purposely planned for him to be in that place at that time because she knew Pharaoh's daughter would be there, or she was just saying, whatever happens, happens, and I'll live with my choice. She did what she could given those circumstances. She didn't wait for life to happen to her. And she didn't make a choice not to make a choice. She did something. That something was risky. It was deliberate and it was bold. And that something changed the lives of the Israelites living in slavery in Egypt. We, like Moses' mother, like his sister, like Pharaoh's daughter, we are called to live resilient lives, to be bold in our choices, and to trust 
that God is walking with us, even when we don't hear God, even when we don't necessarily see God's work in the world. Because here's the thing, we don't have to have certainty that all is going to work out the way we want it to. And we're not going to have that certainty. As much as we want it, we're not going to have that certainty that everything is going to work out perfectly. But if we walk in faith that God is there with us, we can have hope that our resilient choices will change our lives and the lives of those around us for the better. Thanks be to God for the gift of resiliency, for the examples of resilient people in our lives and in the biblical story, and for the ways that God walks with and works through people of all nations and all beliefs. Amen. During the next few days, I encourage you to go deeper into the message with these two reflection questions. First, what does the word resilience mean to you? Would you consider yourself a resilient person? And the second, think to a time when you made a bold choice. Were you prepared to live with the results or consequences of that choice, whether they be good or bad? <laughs>